0: Amen. Well, I, before getting get in the message, I just want to say, uh, again, I do appreciate uh, everyone being here today and just appreciate being invited and appreciate Pastor Fritz. From the first time he called me up that day that he was talking about, I just, I immediately liked him and he's just somebody I've clicked with really well and really enjoy. Uh, being around them and wish we could see each other more, you know, wish uh, you guys were closer to us, but I do enjoy the fellowship, and it is, it's a real privilege to be here, and I, I've i always enjoyed the people at All Scripture Baptist too, and I like that, I think you guys have literally doubled in size since I was here last, like two years ago or whatever, so two years from now I expect to see another doubling, so that'd, that'd, be, that'd be really good, but uh, keep up the good work, and um, tonight I am going to... Um, I think I'm going to close out a series of messages I've been doing in my church. But it's one that it's you know you're going to be okay if you haven't heard the previous messages. But um, I've been preaching a series of message that I've called perverse disputings. Have, have you all ever been involved in dispute at all in this church in any way, shape, or form? All right. Well, then this message will be uh, for you. And the truth is, um, you know, there's many you know kinds of disputes, many ways to get involved in disputes. And some are bad, some are good. But at the end of the day, even in a righteous cause and in a righteous dispute, it is real easy for the flesh to get in the way. And often, what we end up doing is, as people that have a fle- have the flesh, we end up getting out of line, and we end up doing more damage than good. And I am kind of a disputer by nature, I guess you could say. You know, I, I always wanted to be either a preacher or a lawyer, you know, and I'm always ready to argue with somebody. And uh, thankfully, the Lord called me to be a preacher and not a lawyer, but I used to think I could do that, you know. I, I, I could go make arguments uh, like that. But anyway, um, you know, we've got, we've got to understand, though, that if we're actually going to change people's minds, then we've got to do it in the right way. We don't change people's minds. When we go into perverse disputings and when we start just saying things that don't make sense, you know, when we start using logical fallacies and things, you are not going to change a thinking person's mind. If I'm, if I'm having a dispute and you're on my side, I can probably get away with just about anything. If you're committed to my cause and you know, my you know peanut gallery will stand with me through anything, but I actually want to change the other side's mind on things. So if I'm going to do that, I've got to make sure I, you know, stay in my lane that i do things properly otherwise i am going to hurt my cause and then those who are on the other side are just going to use all my stupidity against me and all my error against me and even if i'm right in my position if i handle everything in the wrong way i accomplish absolutely nothing and so there's a lot of different you know subjects i've covered on this but i want to cover one uh, specific one tonight that I think is very important, one that we need to consider. And I think we need to consider this one more than ever in this age of the Internet that we live in today and of social media. And, I, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this one here, too, is just because, you know, that's kind of how a lot of us know each other. That's how we've got to know each other is through social media and Internet. And so there are new dangers um, that are this old dangers, really, that have always been around, just kind of repackaged. And I think if we... Uh, take some things into consideration. It will help us to not mess things up. Because let me tell you something. If I get in a fight, whether it be physical or even spiritual or doctrinal, I want to win. Right. You know, that, that's my goal. I want to win, and I want to make sure I do it right. And so the last thing I want to do is get involved in something I shouldn't be involved in, or do something the wrong way. Because then I'm going to I'm going to end up hurting. My cause, and I want you to notice in uh, Romans chapter fourteen and verse four, where it says, "Who art thou that judgest another man's servant to his own master he standeth or falleth, yea he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand so there are uh, so again disputes are one hundred percent necessary sometimes uh, you know they are completely righteous, but even when our cause, and even when your cause is as righteous as can be, we must always remember our flesh is a liability that can get us in sin real fast. Where I can be fighting the good fight of faith, and two seconds later I'm in the flesh and I'm doing harm to the cause of Christ. We always got to remember that. So there are some things that are good, but when in the hands of sinful men, they can be very dangerous. Okay, so for example, you know guns. Okay, and I know y'all are pro gun people here. I can tell by looking. All right, and, I, and I'm all for that. You know, I was showing off my concealed carry card (laughs) after showing some of you all my FOID card that you're all looking at like, why do you have to have an FOID card? And that's an Illinois thing. We don't have freedom in the Second Amendment in Illinois. That went away a long time ago. But, you know, I'm all for the guns. But here's here's the thing about that. A gun, while it's a good thing, it can be used for a lot of bad, can't it? Would we all admit it's a dangerous thing, that we ought to have some respect for it? The Internet is a wonderful tool But can it not be used to cause a lot of damage? I think we all understand. Or even a car. You know, thank God for cars. I wouldn't be coming to this meeting if it wasn't for a car. I'm not coming here this far on a wagon to preach a sermon. (laughs) You know, I I can't do that. But thankfully we have cars we can get around fast. But you know what? You can also go, you know, drive your car through a crowd of people and kill a lot of people, couldn't you? So uh, we've got to understand when it comes to our tongue that it is very dangerous. Listen, our tongue, we can give the gospel. Yeah. We can literally change somebody's eternal destination by how we use our tongue. But you know what else we can do? We can also destroy somebody. Right. We can do great damage. We can hurt somebody. You can give somebody a false gospel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can could, you could help send somebody to hell with your tongue. And you, we all know James 1.19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wrath is not always bad. Something should make you mad. Something man. should get you angry. Yeah. But the wrath of man is not, does not work the righteousness of God. My wrath okay, is not always a righteous indignation. Sometimes I'm just mad. And what I feel like doing when I'm mad usually is not of God. We see, uh, and we all know James 3, 5, 2, Even so the tongue is a little member, boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and is set on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. So I think we all need to understand that, you know, while it's not always our tongues, especially in the social media world, sometimes our fingers, the same principle applies. And let me tell you something. You can start a fire online that you can't put out and you you better watch out for that and be careful. And so all these things, there's many ways that we can get out of line with all this. And I think it's important with our tongue that just like we have gun safety, that there ought to be things, you know, you know, there's things that we teach people you should always do when handling a gun. You know, one of the things they tell you, always check to see if it's loaded. You know, you go pull it out of your closet or something, you know it was unloaded when you put it there, but you always check. That's what they always tell you. Always check. When I did hunter safety, that was the first thing they did. If they had us go up and handle a gun, they they said, no matter what, always check to see if it's loaded every single time. It's just, it's a gun safety thing. You know, they'll teach you things, you know, don't point at anything unless you intend to shoot it, you know, keep it secured. And so we recognize the value of guns in our society, but we recognize the potential damage too. So when it comes to our tongue, when it comes to the internet, all these things that we have use of, we just better, we need to have some safety practices in mind. So we don't do irreversible damage. And so when it comes to disputes, there's a lot of things we need to be aware of. A lot of things I've preached previously in this series. I know your pastor, I'm sure he's preached on this. Every pastor's got to preach on the tongue, you know, a couple times a year at least, you know, (laughs) because things just get out of line. But whenever there is a legitimate or a righteous dispute taking place, what we all need to do is we need to ask ourselves, should we be involved in this? Should we be involved in this? And uh, the title of this particular message is ineligible participants, ineligible participants. And the reason I'm doing that is because like I I love sports. I'm all for sports. I think I think sports are great until they start allowing people who I would consider or who used to be considered ineligible participants to play. Okay, for example, you know, I think boxing is all great and everything. I'm all for boxing. But when you stick a dude in the ring with a girl, we got a problem. I don't care if the dude thinks he's a woman. He's still a dude. And you know what? Even our world is repulsed by that. Even a lot of our world, I think in Tennessee, it's illegal to do that kind of thing now. Because you know what? Nobody likes seeing some dude with long hair go wrestling a girl in high school wrestling. And you know, know, girls in these fighting sports too. Come on. All right. You know, that's another subject. But listen, even if they're going to do that. Let it be with other girls, right. not with guys. Amen. That's not good. You all would be repulsed if you went to your little kids' T ball game with a bunch of seven or eight year olds playing T ball, and then you saw, you know, uh, who's a big game baseball player now? You know, you know who, who's the best baseball player now? I only know Philip Rizzo from the Cubs. I don't watch baseball anymore. <laughs> but anyway, you, know, you see a professional MLB guy get out there playing with the kids, you know, hitting home runs, and then showing off. You know, and he's just, or they let him, like, pitch to the kids, not like a T ball, but like in a little league game. You get one of these professional pitchers throwing 90 mile an hour balls by these little kids, and, th- and then they win. You all aren't going to be impressed by that. You know what? Everyone's going to hate that guy. Because what was he doing playing in that game? He does not belong in that game. And so it's naturally repulsive. Now, there's nothing wrong with the game. We've got a good game. We've got, you know, we've got good rules to this game, but when people who have no business being a part of that game insert themselves into the game, you know what we have now? We have a joke. We've got a mess, and everyone is repulsed by that, and what we've got to understand when it comes to disputes, there's some things that the disputes itself it's fine, but we have no business being a part of it, Amen. and when we insert ourselves in there, we're like that transgender dude beating up a woman. And you're not impressing anybody with that. In fact, it's repulsive to a lot of people. And so in this internet social media age, we have more disputes going on than ever. We can't even, you know, used to be able to at least walk away and go home and have peace in your house. All right, fight's over, we're home. But now you can pull out your phone, your computer, and start it right back up again and go all night. That's just just where we're at today. So we've got to understand, even if there is a righteous dispute taking place, it does not mean... You should participate in it. In fact, some righteous disputes, your involvement in it, will only result in sin and destruction. Amen. Proverbs twenty six, seventeen, we know this passage. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. You know, strife and he's meddling in strife that doesn't belong to him. Listen, there's some disputes. Okay, you might not like that I'm having it, but it's one I feel like I need to have. You know what? Leave me alone. Okay? Hey, if I'm fighting my governor in my in our state, and you all just don't think that's a righteous dispute because it's not affecting you, and you think I should just be out souling all the time 24-7, you know what? Just, hey, this is my problem right now. You leave me alone. You, know, you stay out of this. You know, we don't like that, you know, if we're have, have you ever been there, maybe you're having an issue with your kid, and it's a righteous dispute, your kid's misbehaving or something, you're getting on to them in public, last thing you want is some Karen coming up to you. Um, that is not the way to talk to your child. You know, and if some Karen comes up to me and does that, I'm not going to have a debate with her about how to talk to my child. I'm going to look at her and say, change your hairdo and leave me alone, all right? You know, go talk to the manager. I I don't, who, why are you bothering me about this? Who are you to be a part of this conversation? And so, and let me clarify what I mean to by a righteous dispute. Because in any dispute, there's going to be at least one person who's wrong. Sometimes both are wrong, but there's going to be at least one person. So their dispute isn't righteous on their end. But I'm talking about when the one person disputing something is right. For example, if somebody's out there teaching work salvation and we dispute against them. That's a righteous dispute. Okay, but it still needs to be handled correctly. So, before the question we should always ask ourselves before we get involved in a dispute is, one, is this my battle to fight? And Romans 14, 4, where we started, I love this passage here where he says, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant to his own master he standeth or falleth? Yea, he should be holding up, for God is able... To make him stand, you, we need to we need to understand that you know when it comes to somebody else's servant, right, that is not our problem. You know there are things that you know you I think we could take the principle here, say you know who art thou that judges another man's child? You know what, yeah. Pastor Fritz, he's got his boys that he's got to deal with. You know if I don't think he's handling something right, I see him doing something wrong. I'm not going to go judge his son, and if I think he deserves to get spanked, and take him and spank him. You would all be like, who are you to do that? And why are you saying that? Because I have no authority in his life. I am not his father. You know, I, have not, I do not have any claim to have any authority to be able to administer some kind of punishment on his son. I might be right when I think he deserves to be spanked. But at the same time, who cares? It's not my place. It's not my decision. And it's definitely not my place to administer the punishment. So, even though I'm right in my opinion that his son deserves to get spanked, I am out of line. I am wrong. I am sinning when I insert myself in there and make myself a part of a solution. I have no place. I have no place to do that. And so, if it's not your battle, here's the question you should should ask is, you know, then or if it's not your battle... Is it, how, then how can I do right by the situation? And the truth is, many times you can't. Now, turn over to Exodus chapter 2. Let me show you something here in the story with Moses in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian, spying in Hebrew, one of his brethren, and he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Okay? Now, here's the question we need to ask ourselves. Did this Egyptian have it coming? I mean, here he is beating up this guy. I mean, isn't Moses right and going and taking care of business here? Well, here's the thing about that. Moses doesn't have any authority to do that type of thing. You know, if I see somebody out there doing wrong, if I see somebody out there speeding, I don't have the right to go pull them over. If I see somebody breaking the law and I was to go arrest them, handcuff them, and throw them in the back of my car and haul them off to the police station, I'm probably going to go to jail because I have no authority. Yeah, but I was right. They were breaking the law. Okay, call the cops. You're You're not a police. You have no authority to do that kind of thing. So, and all of a sudden now, even though that person was doing bad, they were committing a crime, I have now committed a crime by inserting myself somewhere, administering judgment where I have no authority, but but I don't care, I was still right, it was wrong for them to be stealing. Okay, it was wrong for them to be stealing, you're still in trouble because you arrested somebody with no authority, you have no right to do that, and so Moses here he sees a, a bad situation. And you know what he does? He takes the law into his own hands. He administers judgment. And he has no authority. And then look at this. Even the Hebrews, who were kind of a mess at this time, says, and he went out the second day. And behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? So here he is now thinking, All right, you know, I took care of business yesterday. You know, I think I brought justice in that situation. You know, I think if, the, if he hadn't got stopped right here before long, he'd have been getting him a superhero costume and just going out in the streets and, you know, doing vigilante justice, you know. But no, he, has, he ends up going to these guys. He sees them fighting. All right, I'm a good judge. You know what? I'm qualified. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go get involved in these guys' dispute. Hey, what are you doing smiting each other? And what, look at what these guys did here. They look at him and they, he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intended thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Notice how he's like, hey, um, what is your position? Who made you a prince? Hey, you realize in Egypt here, you know, we have rulers. We have a system of authority. And you have no backing behind what you're saying. Now, here's the thing as you know moses had a lot of good things going for him he was a smart guy i think if he would have judged these two guys and questioned said all right what's this fight about i think moses could have figured out who is right who is wrong and what needed to be done to make things right at the end of the day it didn't matter because moses had no authority to do this and so these guys when they when moses inserts himself in the situation they're looking like who are you oh and by the way we saw what you did to the egyptian And they probably liked it because it helped one of their guys out so they didn't turn him in. But they're like, hey, are you going to go kill me like you did that Egyptian? Because you had no place to do that either. The truth is, you know, you can be right in your thought or your judgment on something. But here's the question. Do you have any... Is this fight yours? Do you have any authority here? You know, disputes between a husband and wife. They need to remain... Between a husband and wife, you know, when a lot of damage comes is when they start bringing people in who shouldn't be brought in. No, yeah. They start, to, you know, they start telling all their friends. Well, let me tell you what my wife did, yeah. and then the wife starts telling me, or that you know, they're maybe they're going through a battle about going through divorce, and a lot of times what ends up happening, personal stuff starts getting out, and irreversible damage gets done because they're bringing all these people in. I've seen before too where there's disputes and things going on like that that are real personal, and then they start airing out their laundry on Facebook and stuff. Folks, when you do that type of thing, just understand, you know what you're going to... First off, you're doing irreversible damage by doing that. But then, you know what you're doing when you put it out on Facebook? You're inviting a multitude of unqualified judges Amen. to come and insert their opinion right. and start making judgment and try to influence you. People who have no business doing that. Amen. This is between a husband and a wife. And so don't, don't put those things out there... For people. And I, I believe one of the reasons our government is doing so much damage today is because they are involved in areas they shouldn't be involved in. Amen. They have no place. There, there's nothing that they can bring to the table here. There's nothing. They, they have no place. They have no authority. This is not what God intended. And you know, God intended for a man to be the head of a home and somebody else. Did you know another woman can be smarter and wiser than a husband in a different couple. All right. So, we, you know, let's say you got Pastor Fritz and his wife. And then, you know, let's just say that, you know, there's another woman who is smarter than Pastor Fritz and has better judgment and more wisdom when it comes to their marriage. Doesn't matter if that woman, if no woman knows more. If she starts trying to insert her opinion and authority and interfering, you know, we've got a mess, don't we? Because she has no place. This is an outside individual. She has no place here. The home was not designed for another outside woman to come and be some kind of ruler there. That's not what it was designed for. And understand, a church was not designed to have a government come in and tell it what to do. Amen. And when it does, you know what we have? We have a mess. Yep. Yep. They mess everything They mess everything up. Now, the government... Their opinions might be right on things. You know, when it comes to shutdowns and things like that, if the government says, hey, I think churches need to shut down right now, they might be right. Okay, They might be right, just like that woman might be right in her opinion on who's right in a fight between Pastor Fritz and his wife. But does that woman have any right to insert her authority there? Right. No, none. And a government might be right on that, but they have no right to interfere. And when they do, when they start taking over and taking control, we just got a mess. This is an abomination here. They have no place in this dispute. You know, we can figure these things out ourselves. And you know, a church can figure out when to close their doors. You know, sometimes we've closed our doors because a snowstorm was coming. You know, I don't know if you guys get many of those down here, but sometimes we are a lot of times we get those in Illinois. It seems like they always come on Sundays, you know, and you, you take precautions. We can figure that out, you know. Say, uh, Pastor Tommy, would you ever shut your church down for a plague? Well, of course I would, if I felt like we needed to. And if I ever feel like we need to, we will, you know. If the if the what was the big one that everybody was scaring us with from the early 1900s, Spanish flu. Hey, if that's going through and bodies are dropping, would you close your church down then? Yep. Why? Because bodies are dropping and everybody's dying and this is really horrible. Ah, you better believe I would. Now, would I do it because the government and the news media is trying to get me to panic and I see no reason to panic? No. Amen. No. We can figure that out. Do you understand that? We can figure these things out. We're doing just fine. And again, you get involved somewhere. We have no place. We have a mess. We have an abomination. So even if you're right on your position on a dispute, you are wrong when you insert yourself where you have no place, and you can spout spout off how your opinion was right all you want, but at best, it means nothing if you had no place, if you had no position. So, for example, I can scream all I want all day long. OJ was guilty. All right, you know, come, you know, I dare you to come argue about that. OJ was guilty, but you know what? Who cares? I wasn't on the jury, and I can say all I want. I know he's guilty, and I can say it real loud. And with all kinds of authority, but you know what? They're not going to do. They're not. The authorities aren't going to go out there and say, "Well, I guess we got to arrest him." Of course, I think he's already in prison for something else right now. But even if he wasn't, you know, they're, they're not going to do that. Because yes, I'm spouting off my opinion, but it's got nothing backing it. Because I have no place. I mean, I have no authority. No one's going to arrest him because of what I said. So, do I have any, any ability to bring out any kind of positive outcome? By inserting myself here, we need to ask that. You know, how many of our arguments are about things where we have no authority, where we have no ability to make any change? You know, for example, you know, we have two guys, let's say we have two guys in here after church arguing about whether Biden actually won the presidency legitimately or not. And they are, man, they are duking it out. They are having a fight. And then, you know, let's say the one guy wins. He wins the argument. Yep, Biden cheated. And he, 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 you won the argument. Congratulations. You won the argument. Guess who's still president? He's still president. Nobody cares, all right? Yeah, it's just... But yet, the thing is, people will get super bent out of shape and lose friendships over things like that. Over an argument about a position where you have no authority. You have, you know, you proving your right means absolutely nothing. And so, when I insert myself into someone else's dispute, you know, is it because I have an advantageous vantage point where I can see clearly, or am I just sticking my nose where it doesn't belong? And we all know the passages about you know, busybodies, but turn over to Second Thessalonians chapter 3. In verse 10, it says, For even when we were with you, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. So he's talking about these busybodies. He said, you know, just be quiet, do your own work, eat your own bread. I, I think every pastor would love it if everybody in their church did that kind of thing. And so the question is, this dispute you found yourself in, how did you get there? Were you being a busybody? Were you being nosy? Or was this a situation where you, you know, you had a unique perspective? You know, it'd be like if there was a wreck out there, you know, Brother Chris was talking about an accident that he saw and he's had to like, you know, uh, give his testimony on things before. Well, you know what? That's fine if he does it, but it would be ridiculous if I went and I inserted my testimony. Oh, well, yeah, but my, my my testimony agrees with Brother Chris's. And he was there. And I know he's right. Yeah, but who cares? You're just repeating what he said. You weren't there. And when it comes to the court case or whatever, you know what they're going to do? Nobody's going to pay attention to my testimony. Yeah, but I'm Pastor McMurtry from the Liberty Baptist Church <laughs> in Rock Falls. Okay? And I'm right doctrinally, and I believe the King James Bible. <laughs> Okay, but you also weren't there, and you didn't see it. So, who cares? But I just really want to be a part of this case. You know, I really want that person. Sorry, I, 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 that's a mess. If I get involved in that, I have no reason to be there. And so, uh, you know, often people wanted me to judge disputes that are out there. And the thing is, if you're going to make me a judge, and especially a judge where I don't have any jurisdiction, you know, then... And this is what i and i've done those people i have the right to throw your case out for insufficient evidence and you know they can do that judges can do that you know when evidence fails to meet a burden of proof in a trial a lot of times the prosecution when they finish many times before the uh, defense even presents their case the judge will just throw the case out because you you didn't provide enough evidence to convict anybody even if everything you said was true It's not enough evidence to convict anybody. You know what? The defense doesn't even have to get up and give their case. I'm dismissing this thing. I'm throwing it out for lack of evidence. That kind of thing happens all the time. And a lot of times, too, especially in the social media world, in the online world, when there's battles going on, especially if it's between, you know, preachers and other churches, I've had people go, best Tommy, what do you think about this? You know, it's like, I'm trying to figure out where I play a part in this, you know? Well, well I, but I, just, I just want to know what your opinion is. Well, my opinion is I wasn't there. Amen. I haven't seen enough. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I, I thought that one video was pretty clear. I thought Well, actually, if you're a righteous judge, you'd see we need a, we need a lot more than that yeah. to go off of. You know, I, I'm seeing lack of evidence here. I'm just going to pretend this. I'm throwing this case out. In other words, I'm pretending like this accusation never even went out. Because there's not enough evidence, I'm, and and you you and you want me to take a side in your thing, make me a judge. You know, you better have the goods, otherwise I'm throwing the case out, and I've I've done that many times. And so we've got to ask, them, you know, what am I doing in this battle? And you know, it. You know, and I I, I, sh- I shouldn't bring this up, but I'm going to just because there's a special individual too, who I mean, weirded me out beyond weirding out a few years ago, who went to church here. And quit going to church because your pastor didn't insert himself someplace that he didn't need to insert himself into. And then he didn't see me insert myself into a place where I didn't, you know, shouldn't be inserted to. So he had his uh, kids quit taking piano lessons from my wife. And now the guy trolls my channel all the time, just bugging the fire out of me about the dumbest stuff. And it all has to do with like fights going on between other preachers who don't go to my church. And he just he bugs the fire out of me. And I remember back when a lot of this stuff was going on with, with the one incident. I finally I you know I I let him call me. I wanted to talk to him because I thought maybe he's sane. Just need some help here. And I'm just trying. I'm I'm just asking him, why in the world would you leave your church? Because your pastor is just or not even because of your pastor. Because a pastor in another church did something that you don't agree with, that has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with your pastor, why would you leave your church over that? I just, I can't for the life of me understand that. Right. Amen. Yeah. And frankly, nothing he said made any sense. It's right. so like, I think, you know, and here's the thing about, I, I'm only familiar with the Baptist world, I'm sure it's like this in other religions, but the religious world often gets accused of being a cult. You know the IFBs often get accused of being a cult. New IFB always gets accused of being a cult. It happens all the time. But it, here's the here's the fact: a lot of people want a cult. A lot and a lot of people who want a cult they come to churches and they come to IFB churches. And they that's just that's all there is to it. They want a stinking cult. And these people are freaks and they make all of us look bad. And it's just and you know you want to be nice. You want to be gracious. A lot of times you don't always know these people, and you don't know the backstory. And I mean, I've had people too online that are saying all these crazy things, and I'm like, I'm like ready to pound on them and pulverize them because like this is stupid, and I can prove this was stupid. And then you find out they got some kind of mental issue or something like that, and so you know you, you try to be nice with people, and think maybe this guy's just got mental issues, you know? You, but then you talk to him, and it's like, no, you're you're just an idiot, man. You're just absolutely nuts. And I just for the life of me, I just I can't imagine that. And it's like. You know, this doesn't make any sense, but yet people will do that and people have done that with me many times, just like begging me to get involved in something that would be weird if I got involved in, it would be weird. I, it would be like them encouraging me to join a women's boxing club. Okay. I'm not going to do it. I don't have the right to do that. I wouldn't qualify to be in that. And even if they let me, it would be perverted. messed up so i'm not i'm not going to do that and when people come along and they want to you know they you know try to insert get a pastor involved in some kind of fight they're they're just encouraging a perverse dispute and it's horrible and it makes us all look like a bunch of freaks when that kind of thing happens and then you know some people are anxious to get involved in that stuff i'm not so the question another question we need to ask ourselves whenever a battle is taking place and it's a good battle all right it's a good battle Here's a question we need to ask, and, and I get it, folks. When I see a fight going on, sometimes I'm the kind I want to get involved. All right? I, it's 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 in my nature. But here's the question: What role do I play in this battle? Alright? It's, it's a battle. We got a righteous cause here. This guy, he's fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, or whatever. All right. So, what part am I going to play in this battle? We see in James 4:10. Says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? So again, it's bringing up this question of who are you to judge? And listen, when when the Bible says, Who art thou to judge? that is not saying, never judge it's just asking who are you to judge in this situation? and so if there's a problem going on with my daughters back there and you all see me get involved and you said to me who art thou the judge i'll say i'll tell you who i am i'm their dad so that passage isn't saying you can never judge but the question is are you somebody who should be judging in this situation and so I am their dad. I actually have an authority. I actually have a position here. I'm supposed to deal with this kind of thing. So this is a good, this is a good cause here. But we need when it comes to any dispute, we've got to ask, who are we? Is this my fight, or am I standing by someone in this fight? Okay. You know, if Pastor Fritz, so example, if Pastor Fritz is dealing with his boys when they're out of line, you know, if he needs me to. I can stand by him, and I. And he's like, "Well, how, how would you do that? Well, for a way that I could work against him, if he's spanking his son, if while that's going on, the whole time, I'm like, Pastor, please don't do that. He doesn't deserve that. You know, I'm I'm hurting the cause now, aren't I? Okay, you know, I'm probably overdoing it if I'm like, give it to him, you know. But you know, at the same time, you know, if I'm just while he's talking to his son, if I'm standing there, you know, nodding in agreement, and you know, he's like, you know, son, you, you deserve this bank and I've got to do this, and I'm, you know, I'm there with a the look of approval, you know. I guess that's me standing by his side. I don't think he needs me in that situation, but I, I, I've maybe helped. <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, a lot of times these fights people get in, the person doesn't need their, your help. I know you want to help. And when I, sometimes when I see people spanking their kids because their kids are really rotten, I almost want to help sometimes, you know. But it's like, no, they don't need my help. They're taking care of things. They're, they're doing just fine. But, you know, so when someone's fighting that righteous battle, it's okay, you know, to stand with them. It's encouraged them. But you know what? Don't mess up their fight. Don't mess it up. So, for example, if somebody's trying to witness to a family member that's a Catholic, okay, it's... Their, their way of dealing with them. Okay, like, Brother Jared, I don't know your family, but if you had some Catholic family members, and I see online he posts something against Catholics, all right? And, you know, he's doing whatever he thinks is best to try to influence his family away from Catholicism, okay? This is his battle, and his battle is motivated by love, where I don't know his family, I don't know anything about him, but he does, and he cares. And then, all of a sudden, one of his family members gets on there. You know, how dare you speak that way about the Holy Father? You know, you'll go straight to hell, you know. And then I, I just get on there. Well, And I just start insulting the Pope. I start calling them names. I'm just bashing them. I'm, ha- I'm hammering his family member. And, you know, and the whole time, he's on there like, dude, that's not the way to handle it with them. You know, I'm actually hurting his cause, aren't I? And let me tell you, I've had people do that with me before. Where, you know, I, not everybody that follows me on Facebook are fundamental Baptists. Some of them are family members that aren't saved. Some of them are just, you know, they're liberal or, you know, they've got a lot, of, you know, there's there's all kinds of people and I hate it when I post something and then somebody, you know, a family member or, or a neighbor or coworker worker something like that, or even just a brand new Christian, they come on and they say something and then they get pulverized by people that I hardly even know. It's like, hey... I'm never going to win these people now. And so the thing is, it's okay. Brother Jared's fighting a good cause, standing against the Catholics, trying to influence his family. But now, all of a sudden, I've inserted myself into this battle, and I'm just trying to help him out. They just told him he's going to hell. Well, you know what? When you love your family, you'll take that. You'll take that. But, you know, me, I don't know them. I don't have that love for them that he does. I'm not going to take it. They're wrong. And you know what? They are wrong. They are wrong, but this battle is not mine. I've messed it up. Everything I said about them was correct, but I messed things up. I did damage. I harmed what he was trying to do because I inserted myself in a dispute that I had no place. And so if I want to stand with him on that, you know, I need to do something that will actually help. And most of the time when it comes to social media fights, staying out of it is the best thing you can do. Especially on something like that. I don't even need to go liking this comment. Because, you know, you've all been there before where you're having that dispute and that one person's got 43 likes and you got one. And the one that gave you one is a no-nut job that everybody hates, you know. (laughs) It's like, you know, that that, that doesn't really help the cause. The best thing to do is just stay out of it. And because I want to actually help somebody, I don't want to end up doing more damage. And so if I'm standing by someone in a fight, what I need to do is follow their lead. Now, if he's on there and he says, hey, to my IFB brethren out there, give me some verses proving Catholicism wrong. Well, hey, he just called for our help. Now I'll bring on the verses. You know, I'm following his lead because this is his battle. It's a good cause. And so I'll, I'll go with his lead in this. But and until he, I'll wait for him to give the orders before I insert myself. And if, if I'm called on, I'm ready to fight. So I need to follow their lead. I think this applies in any area. Even if you're out there souling and you're just a silent partner, you need to understand the guy talking is in the lead right now. Let him do his thing. Amen. You're just support. Yeah, right. yeah, but he's wrong in how he's doing this. It doesn't matter. Okay. You are not going to send a good message when you interrupt and you correct. Unless, unless it's some horrible heresy or something like that. But then you just you know, hold off, go talk to the pastor, let him know about it, deal with it. Just You need to understand your place in this fight. It's a battle going on right now. So, uh, when you're fighting with somebody, you need to understand, I need to listen to the one who outranks me in this situation. And if there's a battle between, you know, him and one of his family members, he outranks me in this situation. I'm following his lead. And that needs to be our attitude. It doesn't matter if I feel like I know better what to do. I might feel that way. And I might even be right in my opinion, but at the end of the day... This is his battle to mess up. And I I, I shouldn't be doing that for him. So I'm going to stay out of it. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, because if I get out of place in this fight, if I get out of place in a dispute, an unrighteous dispute, and I get hurt, I'm not a martyr. We see in 1 Peter 4.14, If ye reproach for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part... He is glorified, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. You know, there's a reward when we suffer for doing right, but when we're suffering because we're a busybody in other men's matters, what does that mean? Matters that belong to other men that are not ours. And you know, we've all been there before, especially in social media, where we've suffered you know, for being a busybody in someone else's matters. And then we got beat up. Have you ever found yourself just in the middle of a social media battle that was not yours, and all of a sudden you're like getting gang stopped for something, gang stopped, figuratively speaking, for something really stupid? Okay, when that happens, you're not suffering for the cause of Christ. You're suffering for being an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters. So, last question when it comes to these battles is Am I in any position that gives me any right to a say? in this matter now look at Matthew chapter 7 and I'm not just talking about a title and things like that but we all know Matthew 7 verse 3 and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye or how wilt thou say to thy brother let me pull out the mote out of thine eye and behold a beam is in thine own eye thou hypocrite first cast out the beam out of thine own eye and then then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So nobody wants you come and pull them a speck out of their eye when they got a beam out of their own eye. You know what? Nobody wants a fat guy eating a Twinkie coming to them and giving them diet and health advice. Amen. Now, a fat guy eating a, eating a Twinkie is completely capable of giving sound advice. Okay? He can repeat back something he read in a book somewhere. But at the end of the day do we want to listen to them? No, no. no. In fact, it would be repulsive to us. From di- Even if they're right, it doesn't matter. I don't want to hear it from them because they aren't living it. They're a hypocrite, and nobody wants to listen to a hypocrite. And as an American, you do have the right to say what you want to say, but you know what? You don't have the right to be heard in your opinion. And you definitely do not have the right to have your opinion respected. You can say it all you want, but nobody has to respect it. And when you are unqualified to give an opinion, we have the right to laugh when you give it. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm right. So it's funny hearing you say it. Because you're a hypocrite. If you're a liar, no one should listen to you. If you are a bona fide liar, I mean, we just know you're always lying about people in the church. And then you come and you tell the pastor something legit in the church. And then you get mad because he doesn't deal with it the way... It should be dealt with in this particular situation you don't have the right to get mad you're a liar you're a known liar why would he pay any attention to what you're saying that would be weird you know who are you to be tattling on this person and involved in any way Said, so if you're a failure in everything it doesn't mean everything you say is wrong but it would still be foolish to listen to you it would be wrong it would be wrong to listen to you you know just because you have the ability to repeat back facts does not mean you have knowledge or understanding about something. So it, it's it's repulsive to listen to someone criticize someone when they're in bad shape themselves. In Isaiah 65, this is where we get the holier-than-thou uh, phrase. It says, I am sought of them that asked not up for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands... All the day unto a rebellious people which walked in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. A people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face, that sacrificeth in the gardens and burneth incense upon the altars of brick, which remain among the graves and lodge in the monuments which eat swine's flesh and broth of abominable things in their vessels, which say, Stand by thyself, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. These are a smoke in my nose and a fire that burneth all day." You know what? One of the things that Israel, that God called Israel out for in the book of Isaiah was they were not being a light to the world. And not only were they not being a light, so what he meant by that, the nations during that time, they were supposed to be coming to Jerusalem to worship God. They were supposed to be a light there in Jerusalem, but you know what they did? They shut people out of the kingdom. They would go and they would look at somebody that was from another country that wanted to come and worship God, and they would shut them out. You can't have any part of us. We're better than you. We are holier than thou. And the truth is, they were just as wicked as those people were. And you know what God said when he, God saw them doing that kind of thing? He said, you're a smoke in my nose. Yeah, I mean, you're, you irritate me greatly. When God listened to the Jews denying other people because they felt they weren't as good as they were, that made God sick. It was hypocrisy in its purest form. And we've got to understand that a lot of times when there's disputes going on, we may not be in any position to be saying anything because our life's a mess. If you've been married 14 times, you know, don't be giving marriage advice. Now, my advice is that you ought to stay married. Well, that's good advice. But I'm not going to listen to you say that because you don't live it. You know what it's just it's just repulsive and it is that's what we got going on today it's like you see these people they're on, they're on there online involved in every dispute every single one and sometimes it is it's a good cause it's a good fight but then all these people are inserting themselves where they shouldn't and then i just look at that and i say what on earth you know you are you're making this fight now look bad You're making this individual that you're trying to stand with now look bad because you have now turned this into a perverse dispute involving something you shouldn't be involved in. And we've got to learn to just figure out when to speak. If we would learn that, when to speak, we could change our lives. Man, we could change our lives. If we could just get a hold of the fact that some things are just not our place, we'll find ourselves living a much happier life and have a bunch of burdens lifted. And... I don't know about you, but let me tell you, all these messages I preach on the subject, I, I was preaching to myself because I have many times. You want to you get tempted? You know how I'm going to get tempted tonight to just throw out everything I just preached? I'm going to go on Twitter. <laughs> I follow a lot of IV preachers on Twitter, and you would not believe how dumb some of the fights are that get on. And, and I, do, I, well, I hate seeing somebody attacked unfairly. And I, most of the hate that I get online today is because of people I stood up for. And sometimes, you know, I, I think I did it right, but sometimes I probably didn't do it right. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, it is, it is hard to behave. What I'm preaching to you is easy to preach, but it's hard to live. And if you see me next week, you know, not practice when I preach... And just remind me of that sermon because you know because I do I need I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody else. Don't you look at me like you think you never do any of this stuff and you think you can handle it because you know I, I know better than that. And I and and you could you could probably go pull up a screenshot, Pastor Tommy. Look at what you did here. I know why you think I'm preaching that because you know so, sometimes preachers we preach to ourselves. So I hope that was help. Let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you for. Everyone who came here today, Lord, I pray this was a help to them. I pray you'll help all of us to just watch ourselves in these things, to uh, just get control of not just our tongue, but, Lord, today, our fingers and what we're capable of doing and uh, the damage I, that we're capable of causing. I pray to help us to uh, realize it, recognize it, and to avoid these things.